Welcome to the Swim Swam podcast. I'm your host, Coleman Hodges. Joining me today, a very special guest. He's a good friend. Uh, I met him last year in Budapest at the inaugural season of ISL. Uh, he is a world champion, a four-time Pan-American champion. He's an NCAA champion. I, I'm pretty sure the first ever NCAA champion out of out of the University of Louisville, Joao DeLuca. Hey, guys. Uh, very good. Thank you, Coleman, for having me here uh, at Swim Swim. It's uh, such an honor to be speaking with the, the, for the swimming community. start with the big news you recently just announced your retirement from competitive swimming um obviously there's a lot that goes into a decision like this i know you were vying for that third olympic games um in 2020 obviously they got pushed to 2021 um so so walk me through you know what ultimately made you to decide to hang up the goggles right yeah that's a uh... It's harder, especially at this time, especially when you're getting so close to the Olympics, uh, to hang the suit and move on in life. But uh, things for me have changed drastically. Uh, I, I'm a new father. Uh, my, my daughter, she is seven months, almost eight, and uh, she's doing really good. And a lot of it, it was just uh, uh, more like a family decision. And... Uh, and uh, going, being, being training, being like going to stay in the grind all day, it, it takes so much time and energy, which uh, right now I feel like all the energy that I have and time, I want to spend mostly with my daughter and my family, enjoy as much as I can. But uh, there was a lot of things involved and I, not just, I wouldn't, I'm not going to just uh say the reason that I stopped was because of my daughter. It was a lot of other reasons. Uh, first, it was a pandemic and uh, and uh, everything just collapsed there. And then I was still, in, I was uh, moved back to Brazil to have my, my daughter there. I was training really good. And then when the pandemic started, I had nowhere to train and uh, all the pool were closed. And then second thing that led me to like, initiate the decision was I got injured. I tore my knee and I tore my PCL, my MCL, and I pulled my hamstring. So at that time when I, I had that injury, which I never had it before, it was uh, something that it crushed my mind because I sort of realized that the game was over because uh, even though the Olympic was going to happen in tw this year, 2020, I wouldn't I would not be able to compete because I had a, a major injury and uh, I would not be able to be, go back to my condition that I was before to, to, to compete. And, uh, but fortunately I did some PT uh, after a month, not doing much. And then I, I luckily got better really quick. And then I was able to, I'm now a 100%. I, I probably can go back to training but a lot of it is just the decision that, uh, and also the, the to go back and do it like the training 
and to dedicate as much time for swimming, you cannot have any doubt that uh, that the Olympic medal is what you want. It, it has to be something very visual, very vivid, like, and you have to go battle every day. And uh, and my, me personally, I'm not the type of guy that do something like 50%. Either I'm all, I'm all in or all out. And uh, there's no... The only thing that kept me swimming for this for this long, it's uh, to achieve something that I never got, which was the Olympic medal. Mm-hmm. And uh, and uh, if you want to if you want to go for the Olympic medal, there's no way that to do it without doing it 110 percent actually, because uh, you know that's that's the only thing that was missing from my wish list for from as far as swimming. I've got any, everything that I could. I, you know, I travel all around the world. I, I got a, a really good scholarship, which gave me a really good education. I was able to meet a lot of people all throughout the world, and uh, the connections and a lot of things that the sport even taught me. Is just the only thing was missing in my wish list was the top one, which was getting the Olympic medal, and. Uh, and I know that it takes a lot of hard work to do it, based on the stuff, based on the accomplishments that I did it before. And I know that getting to the extra level, getting the Olympic medals, I have to put a lot more effort, a lot more effort than I ever did before. So there's no way that I, I could do like 50% or like lot well less than that. So, um, and right now it's something that my time is very. Uh, limited and very, I'll say, uh, precious. So I want to give, devote all the time and to my family to be around, see my daughter grow. So it was more like a, a decision where I can stay close to my family. And I'm in peace with retiring from swimming uh, with the things that I've accomplished. And, uh, and to be honest, the Olympic medal is still, uh, is still a dream. But now I have to just switch sides. Uh, I know that myself, I'm not gonna get it. The game is over for me. But uh, I want to make I want to make an impact in someone someone's life that it can help to go get the Olympic medal. So now I'm working as a coach, and not only I'm gonna do it myself, go swim stroke by stroke to get the Olympic medal, but definitely I'm gonna help somebody out mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually to go get the goal, to go get the, the medal that I always wanted. Yeah. And so uh, that's a great segue. You're coaching now. Um, <laughs> sorry about that. Um, <laughs> that's a great segue. You're coaching now. Um, tell me about your coaching. Uh, what age groups are you coaching? Who are you who are you working with, and and what have you enjoyed about coaching so far? Yeah, uh, right now I'm coaching at Cardinal Aquatics, uh, and uh, I coach mostly the na- the senior and national group, but I'm also involved with pre senior and the age group development. So I'm, uh, uh, right now I got the head position of the the head coach position at the this job. Mm-hmm. I share with another uh, a, uh, a co-worker. His name is Kevin R. Karki, and uh, he comes from Hawaii. And uh, both of us, we're leading the, the whole team 
And uh, we make such a good partnership as far as, uh, you know, giving feedbacks and uh, helping push the team as much as we can to make them better. But uh, the transition is being really, really cool. I'm loving it. And uh, it's been so much fun to be, to be able to work with the younger ones to develop their, like, to, they're starting their career. They're starting their journey into swimming. And uh, it brings me back to how I started, some of the things that I was doing and some of the things that I wanted to accomplish. So uh, I want to help, help out th those kids as much as I can. And uh, I know I'm a big dreamer. So, and uh, I see things, I see a lot of from them that they can accomplish so much. And uh, I just want to help them as much as I can throughout their journey and bring the best versions of, of themselves so uh, they can accomplish big things. And not only inside in the water, but also outside making a decision to go to colleges or uh, moving on to a professional life or, you know, any other things like that. Yeah. You, you know, you mentioned you're a big dreamer. I know you're also you've, you've got a lot of feelings. You're a very emotional person emotional uh athlete i mean be, just being around you for a little bit like it it, re it really resonates and i think you know in isl that's why you were a captain you know because you had a yeah. lot of compassion um yeah. and, and you could just you could be around people and and you're kind of a natural leader and i think i think the kids who you're coaching are, are gonna benefit a lot from that but um you know reflecting back a little bit how did you feel like you you benefited as an athlete um, from, from just kind of having that compassion, having, having, being, being such an emotional swimmer and, and having those big dreams. Yeah. I think of being emotional is just, a it's sort of a way where you connect, you can connect to other people because emotions is something that everybody has. Everybody goes through it. Not everybody shows their emotions or their feelings. So, uh, and I know it, but I've been there before when I was younger coach, a uh, younger athlete. I mean, uh, I look it up to one of my idols and I always envision them sort of like superheroes and I would never be in those positions or never be like, we'd be able to reach that. But, uh, I think once you start like showing emotion, showing, uh, uh, showing some feelings, it's instantly something that everybody can relate on. Everybody has feelings and emotions. Not, not everybody show them, but uh, once you show emotions and feelings, everybody can relate because we all feel happy, sad, uh, anxious, you know, all those feelings that involve with the sport. So uh, I'm trying to be honest with my feelings and emotions to show to my athletes so they can relate to me. And another thing that as, uh, as I'm very, I just retired from swimming. I was a few months ago, I was still in the pool doing all the workout, you know, uh, grinding uh i try to envision myself now as a coach uh the way i wanted to have a coach on deck i had a lot of great leaders on deck teaching me how to do it or like showing me the right way to do it so uh, i took all the good things from from the coaches i i had on the on, in the past and i just tried to do either make it better or caption some of the things they were doing and eliminate some of the things that they were doing that, which I didn't like it. And I just, uh, and I just try to be the best version of myself. And obviously I know there's, I'm, 
I'm not on deck making everyone happy, but uh, I try my best to to be that kind of coach who I wanted to be to 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 be coached by. Yeah, what? Let's let's dive into that idea a little bit. What are the qualities of of some of the coaches you've had? You know, obviously. <clears throat> Most recently, you, you had Chris and Arthur Abiero at, at, at Louisville. But, you know, even before that or, or, or during that, you know, what were the qualities of those coaches that you're trying to embody now? Yeah, definitely a leadership. It's something that uh, as a coach is something that it's so important because, you know, you lead in the group. And with that, it comes to a good communication, uh, making sure that people understand not only what's supposed to do, but uh, you're trying to. Uh, communicate how is the best way to do it. And uh, it takes a lot of skills to, to communicate with athletes. Uh, it's just, especially I'm, I'm a foreigner and uh, English is not my first language. And uh, sometimes I do get caught in, in some mistakes, but uh, I try to, I try to come up, be the, the most clear as I can. And definitely another, another great quality that I had from my previous coaches being supportive uh, all the coaches I had in the past, Arthur, uh, Chris Lindauer, uh, they were supporting me throughout the way, no matter what. And obviously, everybody goes through some good days and bad days and uh, reinforce the, the good days, but always trying to, to uh, reinforce uh, why we're doing this, and especially on the bad days, because doing, doing it when it's when it feels good, when you're motivated, it's something, it's easy, right? Everybody just want to do it because they, because it's natural. But those days that are hard, uh, they're sore, they're not, they feel some lack of motivation. Those are the days that you can take the most out of it because you're not only uh, stepping out and doing it, but you're getting out of your comfort zone and, uh, and pushing yourself when you're not feeling good. And uh, I honestly think those are the, the best days when you can, uh, we can improve the most. Do you have a specific instance? Maybe it was when you were racing, maybe it was a practice, but when you didn't really feel like you deserved that support of a coach, but, but, but the coach gave you that support and that helped you kind of turn your attitude or your swimming around. Yeah. Uh, there was a, um, not too long ago, I'll say about the, it was a Tennessee, it was, you were swimming in Knoxville, mm-hmm. Grand Prix, actually maybe Atlanta, maybe two years ago. And, um, and I was not swimming well. I, I was very frustrated with my swims. And uh, I knew that swimming was still something that I wanted to do, even though I had some doubts in my head. Uh, where at some point I thought about not doing it anymore because, you know, I wasn't doing well. So it was like in my head, I was like, what's the point of this? So uh, I had a meeting with Arthur and uh, and he's not much of a, a, a type of guy that shows a lot of emotions, but he just asked me straight up, why am I doing this? Like, I don't have anything to prove to anyone or uh, or like... He's sort of asking me like I I dolly that he was asking me like as for me to quit, but he was pushing me like asking me questions, 
so I could ask myself, why am I still doing this? And for me, it was very clear that I was doing this for a reason. I was doing this for like, I, I wanted to accomplish something that I never did before. And, uh, and then in my mind, it was just, I turned the, the switch. It was like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do this all in. And I knew it back there. I was not doing the best, the best I could. So, uh, you know, it was a hard, it was a hard, uh, words from him like sort of like it instantly felt like he was doubting on me but honestly uh he always he always wished the best for me and uh, he was always supporting me no matter what he was just trying to clear things out that uh the what i was doing uh it could have been better and uh so he was just trying to push me like in a way so uh a lot of that is just say yeah um uh, good lessons for life that like, you know, you ask yourself, why are you doing this? And then once you come up with a clear answer and why are you doing it? And, and it's so much easier to keep going. Or if the why is not as important, might as well just quit because uh, you're just wasting time. Yeah. That's, that is a good life lesson. Yeah. I feel like we've gotten into some pretty deep wisdom here. Um, let's, <laughs> let's back it up a little bit. Um, you know, Arthur has obviously been a mentor to you for a long time. What, what drew you to Louisville? What, what, what about Arthur or did, is there something he said, was there something about the team that that really made you go, okay, this is kind of where I want to be when you were looking at schools in the U S. Um, being honest, I had no idea what Louisville was, uh, where I was going, and pretty much was the only the only opportunity I had. Uh, I was uh, I was not fluent in English uh, at all when I made a decision that I wanted to go to 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 come to the U.S. and go to college. So uh, he was the one again, like trust me, got in contact with me. He saw my results, and uh, he helped me. He guided me throughout the way. So the first year, you know, we start talking maybe uh, 2009, I think, and uh, and that was just such a blur. It was not it was not for sure yet that I was gonna come to the U.S. because my my score on the ACT was not was not good enough to to go to college. Uh, I was I spent a season in the U.S. Uh, 2009 2009. And uh, he got in contact with me and uh, he asked me if I wanted to come to Louisville and uh, to learn English, because obviously if I stayed at home in Brazil, there was no way that I would learn English, you know, by speaking Portuguese all day long and one having cla uh, English class maybe once or, or one hour a day or maybe two hours a day. So there was, there was no doubt that at home I would not learn English at all. So he proposed me to come to Louisville. There were two other there were two other Portuguese speaking on the team from Portugal, Carlos Almeida and Pedro Oliveira. Uh, they were on the team already, and I sent them I sent them an email asking how the program was, and one of them responded to me like, "Yeah, it's it's really cool. You should come." So 2010, I move in. I I, I travel. I came here to Louisville, and I, 
I came here on my own. I had, it was just a shot in the dark. I had no idea uh, what to expect. I never even looked at a map. And the only thing I had in row was a uh, English as second language course at U of L. And Arthur couldn't pick me up at the, at the airport or anything like that because there will be a NCAA uh, violation. Okay. And for that year, uh, I was just taking uh, English classes. I also enrolled as for the SAT prep course. And I was training on my own. I was uh, coming to practice by noon and leaving at two, which was it, which is a time where U of L trains at. And for that, at that, that was my main motivation to be finishing practicing and see the team walking on deck, mm-hmm. to so I could show that like, hey, I'm 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 working my butt off to to be part of this team. I'm studying hard to be part of it. So uh, that year was it was it was really hard. It was I was by myself writing my practices. Arthur couldn't give me any any help as far as giving him workouts or anything. And my motivation was I want to, I just want to be part of the team so bad that, uh, uh, that I just went for it. I was just grinding every day on my own and, uh, it, it was hard, but, uh, and then at the end of 2010, uh, the last exam I could took, I could talk, maybe it was like November or something I passed. And that was such a big relief. It was like, Oh my God, I got everything I wanted and uh, now I'm gonna be a college student and uh, and I'm so happy and then I joined the team uh, January 2011 and I went straight to training trip and from that on it was just such an amazing experience Uh, and then I had to sort of turn the switch and find out for something I wanted so bad which was going for being the fastest swimmer on NCAA I had no idea about this aspect of your swim story. That's, I mean, that's, that sounds really hard. Uh, Training by yourself, learning English by yourself. I mean, um, you know, like, like you said, your main motivation was just being on the team, but um, I mean, did, did, were you able to talk to family? I mean, did, did you have ways of of getting you through that period besides just really wanting to be on the team? Yeah, uh, I was always every day. I was spoke, speaking with with my parents, uh, and uh, yes, it was hard. But in my mind, I never, I never doubted. It was something I wanted, mm-hmm. and uh, I just, I knew that that would be the best for me. Uh, and obviously, I knew to go by going through that 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 obstacle or by going through that barrier, it would just make me a better person. And if I wanted, if if it was something that I I was not interested on or like later on to find out that uh, it wouldn't work out home. will always have the door open for me. And uh, you know, so it's, I felt secure that like, if I want to make a decision to quit, I'm, I'm, I'll quit. But uh, I, that's one thing. I'm, I'm not a quitter. I'm going to, I'm going to go all the way, uh, try to go as far as I can. Yeah. And, and so you, you, you make it on the team, you don't quit, you succeed in this goal. And then, like you said, you mentioned you you kind of switched and now, now you have this goal of being the fastest swimmer in the NCAA. And I was going to ask you 
about how that goal kind of manifested, you know, how do you, <laughs> like, like you came in, I'm assuming not knowing what the NCAA even was. And then yeah. how, how did you kind of, how did that goal grow of, okay, I yeah. want to be number one. Yeah. The motivation actually, <laughs> the motivation actually, like you start, uh, by having my picture on the outside of the pool. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to have my picture because you used to have uh, uh older teammate. Uh, I never actually swam with him, but he a former UFL athlete that he, he had a, like really cool pictures with the arms up like this on, uh, on, on the building. And I was like, that's cool. I want to have that. And uh, <laughs> obviously, I had no idea until my freshman year going to the NCAAs what it takes and what it actually is. But uh, yeah, my motivation was first to like, I want to, I want to be on this, I want to be on the wall, I want to be on the outside of the pool. And uh, <laughs> and then yeah, I ended up getting it. But obviously, the thing, the the, the goals start like going step by step, and I wanted to go faster. Uh, and I I realized that I, I could be the fastest uh so uh that was uh my main motivation first my motivation was <laughs> to have my picture in the outside of the building <laughs> <laughs> and <laughs> so you want your picture obviously who does I got it, it yes. <laughs> yeah but then uh you, you know you make into after after training by yourself uh for for a year you make you 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 make it on the team you make your first ncaa meet was that an eye-opening experience for you? Yes, it was a uh, freshman year. It was so scary. Uh, first time seeing all, only guys on deck and, uh, you know, mm-hmm. something I never witnessed before. I had to go through through the transition from swimming long course to short course yard, which is, uh, it's a whole different sport. And uh, it was fun at first, like listening to times that like, oh, it's, way faster than like i'm going meters <laughs> right and uh, it, and uh yeah and then freshman year was just i was just there to participate i'll say but uh, i didn't have any good results there i don't think i made any final and uh, and one good thing that arthur uh he uh at the end of the meet when i think i'm not sure maybe cow won that year i think 2011 not sure and uh he made us watch them celebrate he made us stay on deck until the end of the mm-hmm. meet mm-hmm. and uh to celebrate to see them celebrate and he pulled me on the side and he was like and he asked me is this what you want is this is this what you committed to is this where you think you can go and uh my answer was yeah I'm, i want to do this i want to i want to i want to celebrate i want to be like these guys like you know, they're, they're cool. They're like, they're, they're happy <laughs> at the end. Yeah. And I want to, I want to go through the same thing. So, and then going to sophomore year, I had, I made such a big improvement. I had the fastest times all year until, until the NCAAs. And, uh, I thought just going to the meet, I, I felt like just the victory would fall on my lap and I, which I have worked my butt off all year. And then just mm-hmm. sort of like, uh, I was cocky in a way, I would say. I was like very overconfident that like I would get it and uh, the victory would fall off my lap. And uh, mm-hmm. it's, I ended up being third 
And uh, one of my teammates, Carlos Almeida, who was the first ever uh, guy to win NCAAs at, at Fort Louisville. Okay. He won a 200 breaststroke. And for me, obviously, I was celebrating with him so hard. You know, I was uh, uh, I was happy for him. But at the same time, I was sort of like, I knew I could I could get that too. I sort of like, um, maybe not jealous is the word, but like, I was happy for him. But at the same time, like, I was like, how to say that? I don't know. Um, I feel like I never felt bad for him, like that, like he won. But I just felt like, man, I can do this too. I, I can do it. So obviously, and we were like, even though we never swam the same, the same races, we had a lot of competition uh, for attention in the team or like for, uh, you know, all the things we're getting attention from coaches or, you know, the public and all that. And uh, when I saw him winning, I was just like, yes, this, and it, it made a lot more clear that this is possible. And uh, not taking any credit for him. He's a, he was a great swimmer and a good friend of mine. And, uh, but just, I think he, having him on deck and having him as a teammate, it pushed me so much to, to, to go through, to go for the things I wanted. And it made a lot more clear that I was like, okay, if he did it, I can do it too. Uh, so take me through that, that third season at Louisville, you know, you obviously, you finally do break through as a champion in the tuner freestyle. You have an iconic celebration, uh, yeah. one, one that we immortalized in dubstep on swim, swim. Um, you know, what, obviously you, you talked about that shift in perspective. You really wanted it that year, but, um, what did you do differently that third season to get to, to get you to top the podium? I think I was not cutting corners like I used to, like some days I didn't feel like going to practice and I would not. And then by that year, it was just, it was a decision. The moment, like the year shift, the year that we got to a new year, I was like, no, I'm committed to this. I'm going to go through this no matter what. And I'm going to, I'm going to get it. And uh, practice was so much better because I was, I was living for that. The, the reason I was waking up every day was to, to go to practice and get better, work some of the details that uh, I knew. I knew that it wasn't as good. So obviously the main thing I focused so much was, my turns, underwaters, and breakouts. Uh, because my swim were already really good. And uh, so I just had to improve some of my weakness, which was start. I improved my start as well. Uh, mm -hmm. So I could have a, a lead start and uh, be comfortable with it and just push it. But uh, it's just it was just the decision that I was going to do it. And then the reason I was living for at, at that time was for that and uh, I wouldn't I wanted so bad and it stinked when I was third the year before I I, I didn't want to have the same feeling again so uh I'll, I'll definitely had to make some changes to go get it what I was what I wanted and how I mean how good did it feel to touch the wall and to know I did it like you accomplished your goal yeah I mean I uh I knew it before. I knew it before that I was going to win. Uh, it was just, again, it was a decision. And uh, I was so confident in my game plan that 
what I was going to do, it was going to work because I was the type of swimmer that I was would never push much the front half of the race. I was always like making a move on the third 50 and I just, and I never tried it before, like going out fast. It was just, mm-hmm. and I just took the risk. I was, I, I, I developed a stroke where I felt comfortable going out, big strokes, nice and working on the distance per stroke, working, staying light on my legs. And uh, I just felt really comfortable with the way I was swimming that I could push one notch up and hold the rest. Uh, my goal was to break the record, but uh, I, I didn't get it that year. But uh, it was it was fine. It was still got the victory, and uh, it was so much fun. Uh, it was it was IUPUI, so not not too too far from Louisville. So I had a lot of people coming to watch. I had my wife who was there. I had my parents. Uh, they were there, and uh, all my teammates. So being able to celebrate with him was really cool. It was such an amazing experience. Yeah. That's... And uh, the other thing too was uh, at that year, sort of, and uh, for my confidence was so much, it got so much better because there was like the open door, like, uh, and I understand that if you work hard, if you work smart, you do the right things, uh, you're going to get good results because uh, it's all, you know, everything just aligned. It's just everything just follows up. If you do good at practice, you most likely you're going to be doing good things outside of outside of the water as well because you just carry the same personality, carry the same values uh, that you do in the water. So just try to replicate that, like, and put it outside of the water. Yeah. Man, so many life lessons today with Joe. Yeah. That's that's how I'm titling this life lessons with Joao. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. Um, so, so to wrap up our conversation, you know, again, now you're in the coaching realm. Um, what moving forward, you, we talked about, you're trying to channel the coaches that you've wanted to see. Um, what are some, what are some goals you have just kind of for this season, uh, for your growth as a coach and for your, the growth of your athletes? Yeah, uh, I have really good athletes. Uh, they show they're showing really good leadership uh, on the team, and uh, I feel like right now my 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 what I have to do is just show them uh, guidance and show them some leadership where they can. Uh, some of them are gonna stay for another year. So my goal is mainly mo- obviously motivate the whole team, mm-hmm. but. Uh, use the leaders that we have on the team to push the, the team to the next level. Obviously we're going to be working very hard. Uh, I'm, I know that, uh, and they know as well that I'm going to get them out of their comfort zone, like physically, emotionally, uh, physically, uh, and as well. So, uh, uh, they would just have to, uh, I'm testing them, see how far they can go and how, how much they want this because I want to make, make sure that we are on the same level, uh, that the things that I want is the same things as they want. So uh, by no means I should be like wanting from them more than they expect from themselves, because I feel like once that happens, we're going to get in conflict. So we have meetings, we have uh, go meetings, and I try to understand them as who they are as a person who they are as people, not much as an athlete. Uh, so we can walk together in this journey and bring the best version of themselves. 
because I don't want to, by no means, I don't want to like, obviously I'm there to push them to, to, for them to be as, as good as they can. But uh, if I want more than them, we're going to get and start getting conflicts and uh, they should be wanting more than me. And uh, at least in my case, as an athlete, I think I always wanted more than, than any of my coaches. They always believed in me. They always saw the, the potential that I had. But uh, if they start pushing me, start like uh, pushing much more than what I wanted, maybe I would just, it would be so like overwhelming and stressful and, and, uh, and we, wouldn't, we would have gone to where, where I got. So uh, I see a lot of this as a partnership. Uh, I want to walk with them and show the best way that that it is to not only swim fast, but, you know, be good people. You've been listening to the Swim Swam podcast. Stay tuned for new episodes every week. You can take Swim Swam podcast on the go by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform. Look for links in the description below. And be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel for more videos as well.